Whenever I visit France, I always see lots of top bottles for sale, but when I get back home, those same bottles can be much harder to find, if not impossible. That's why I use IdealWine.com. At IdealWine.com, I can buy wines directly from France for delivery directly to my home. They have new auctions every week, and the fixed price selection is equally awesome. Clos Rouchard, Chateau Reyes, and Ulysse Colon, as well as many more greats from all over France, are regularly available on the website. Best of all, it is simple and hassle-free to buy them. Ideal Wine handles all the customs and logistics hurdles for you and for me. Wines are ordered with a couple of clicks, and then they arrive. It is simple. Check out IdealWine.com for more information. That's I-D-E-A-L-W-I-N-E.com to find what you'd like to be drinking. I'll drink to that, where we get behind the scenes of the beverage business. I'm Levy Dalton. I'm Erin Scala. And here's our show today. Costas Bacasietis on the show today. Hello, sir. How are you? Fine. Thank you very much for the invitation. So you run a vine nursery, the Bacasietis Vine Nursery, in Greece, in Nemea. Yes. And you live in Nemea. Yes, I have born uh, in Nemea in 79, and uh, all my life I was in the vineyard. And uh, my dream it was to study the vineyard, viticulture. So that's what I did. And uh, I have studied in the university in Athens, agronomist. And uh, I have studied from 1998 to 2004. And uh, then I was in uh, Montpellier. I went to Montpellier for uh, three years. Because you speak French well. Yes. Vous parlez français? Not so much. Okay. So. <laughs> Uh, what, what was it like in Montpellier? Because then later you were in Bordeaux. So what was... Yeah, I was uh, in Bordeaux, in fact, for, just for six months. Okay, the mainly studies was in Montpellier because there is a center in viticulture. So I did a master in viticulture and enology. Uh, I'm, I'm also enologist, but I don't say... Uh, I don't use this, uh, okay? So you can make wine, and sometimes you do, but it's not something you really talk about. No, no, no. I don't uh, really to talk. I don't like also to, to talk for wine. Uh, so, <clears throat> and uh, from uh, 2007, when I finished uh, my studies, I returned to the nursery. I, I take, uh, I continue the, I, I get in the nursery with my brother, and uh, we now go on the nursery, both of them. So what is the business of a nursery? What is it that you do? Oof. Quite complex, okay, quite difficult. It's not like uh, the nursery here in uh, USA because just a few days ago I visited the nursery here in, uh, in Sonoma Valley. In uh, Europe it's quite different because uh, the nursery, they have discussed, they have to sell to traditional viticulturists. So it's not uh, so easy to sell to a traditional viticulturist, if you compare with a viticulturist which is a company behind, a big company which has agronomists, which has, can, they are able to understand. So the nursery today is quite difficult, uh, of course, because there's a lot of people that they have to work, they have to manage their land, 
we have to manage uh, all the work in the building, but at the same time, you have to have a lot of knowledge concerning the clone, concerning the virus, and to be ready any time to have all the details, all the information to your client. So what you're saying is that's often in Greece you're working with small-scale producers that yes. have plots but then also do everything else involving winemaking, and they may not have a lot of time to dedicate to which clone is going in. And That's not like that's their whole yeah, that's deal. Yeah, this, this is the problem. But, uh, you know, in all uh, the traditional countries like Greece, this is the life. This is the life of uh, being in the vineyard. You have the same time to be an agronomist, viticulturist, worker, and enologist. So, And you might just be a regular guy and have some vines behind the house, that yes, kind of thing. Yes, like something like that, yeah. Okay, there are also a lot of companies, a lot of wineries, but uh, this is not the regular. So it seems sort of fascinating to work as a, as a vine nurseryman in Greece, which has perhaps more distinct grape varieties than anywhere in the world. Yeah, this it was uh, the interest in the, in the in the job. So except of all of the work that we do in the nursery, all of the economical things to live. I, I go, as I was very passionate and I like a lot of this job, uh, I decided uh, the 2004 to to start uh, learning and discover the Greek varieties. It was a dream that uh, from 2004 start all of this trip to search in the Greek varieties and to search in the Greek clones. And uh, in this uh, big uh, trip, there's a big institute in France that uh, helped us a lot. And uh, together we are looking for all over in Greece, all the indigenous and autochton uh, rare varieties and all the clone in the most important Greek varieties. It is fascinating because uh, you learn the people. You you visit uh, all the small villages, you visit all the mountains, you visit all the people in the mountains, on the hill. Uh, I, uh, I visit uh, almost all the island in Greece where there are vineyards. Uh, I have uh, tasted ate everything concerning the Greek uh, kitchen uh, everywhere. So... Uh, beside of the work, you discover a lot of things. So this is very fascinating. Part of your job is to travel all throughout Greece and find rare grape varieties yes. and identify them and, and then perhaps put them in a way for future propagation. This is the target. This is the target. We have started uh, 2004 and uh, we have said, okay, let's go to to see what happened with the most... Uh, important grape varieties in Greece, like Agiorgitico, Xinomavro, Asirtico, Moscofilero, or Malaguzia. So we have started to searching for new clones or for old clones, whatever, in any case, different clone in this variety. But as goes in the vineyard, uh, we discovered that pass over some uh, rare varieties. So about 2006-2007, we had a big discussion what to do. Because, you know, when you pass over, the next year maybe the vineyard uh, exists. The viticulture may be destroyed to take out. So the 2007, we decided to say, okay, we have to mark everything. 
and uh, we will see at the end of the road what is going to happen. So how long do you think that road is? How many Great Fridays do you really think are out oh. there? What's your guess? Uh, <laughs> I am afraid to guess. Okay, the, the, there's a really big road. We cannot see the end at this moment. We are still at the beginning. After 10 years, we are still at the beginning. We don't know. We can just guess, but I don't want to guess because I am probably make a wrong guess. But you think it's in the thousands? Not thousands, but hundreds, yes. Distinct varieties. Yes, distinct varieties. So until today, we have marked more uh, around 80 different varieties, but still we are not, we still are at the beginning. And then of those varieties, there's numerous clones. Yes, and <clears throat> yes, uh, in uh, some varieties, we have marked a lot of clones. For example, in Agiorgitico, which is the principal red variety in Greece, we have a market approximately 260 clones. So, and from this number, we are going to do, we choose already seven clones. And this is the first family of clones that we are going to give to the market. And, uh, but still in Agiorgitico, after this work, there are, Every day I, I saw, I see new clone, I noticed new clone that I didn't market yet. So maybe my child, after 20 years, they have to return and to discover the second generation of clone. What is the process? You go into a vineyard and how do you identify one vine from another? There are a, a lot of different things that you have to know and to support. Of course, you, first, you have to be a good agronomist. You have to know to recognize the soil potential. You have to know to recognize the variety potential. You have to know, you have to understand the potential of the climate. The, you have to know where you are in the region. And the mainly things that you have to know is uh, abelography. Do you know what's abelography? No. Like what leaves look like, right? Yeah, something like that. But it's quite more complex. Huh? Uh, in abelography, you have to you can describe the vines using uh, almost 100 uh, 120 different characteristics. It's quite more complex from the leaves. Okay, so all of this you combine all of this, and uh, if you have if you have all of this knowledge, uh, you get in the vine in the vineyard and uh, you start to, to mark the different things, not the qualitative things, just the different things. And there you can uh, after you mark the th you mark the vines, come back every year for three years to see if this different thing that you market, for example, small berry, big berry, big buns, small buns, big leaves, small leaves, things like that. So you come back every year for three years to see if this genetical characteristic is stable. Because maybe it's not stable. Maybe it's happened something uh, in this vine this particular year. So you have come back for three years minimum. You notice if this characteristic is stable. So if it's stable, probably, probably, you are not sure, you find a clone. And then you take the material at the third or the fourth year. You drive the material to the laboratory. And then they make all the analysis for the virus. And uh, if the material is clean, okay, you go on. If the material is not okay, you have to clean it. So already we are 
at eight years. So it's a long period. So what does it mean to clean it? From virus. It's a, a special procedure. You use the apex, the mer uh, stem of the, of the shoot, and you take it, you to make a multiplication in vitro. You make also at the same time uh, a small uh, micrografting in vitro. And uh, the new shoot that uh, you are going to take from all of this procedure, uh, probably 95% is clean because the virus cannot follow the development of the, of the plant in in vitro condition. So you take again the apex of the new plant. As the virus cannot follow in, uh, in the plant the development of the plant, and probably you have a clean plan, and you make after the analysis to confirm this result. You know, the virus we, is something that infects a lot the, the quality. This is the reason why we, why we do all of this uh, procedure. Uh, a lot of indigenous variety in Europe, uh, they were infected. So a lot of countries like France, Italy, Spain, they have already done, and we do it also at this moment. So it affects both production levels and quality and color and crop load and taste? and Almost everything. It depends on the type of the virus. But until today, we know that uh, the most of the virus, like leaf roll, which is one of the most popular and dangerous virus, which has approximately nine type today, influence a lot of the color decrease the color, uh, can possible to decrease the color to 20 to 40%. Uh, the aromas in Moscat variety, 60%. Uh, the production, so it's influenced a lot the quality. And economical, this is not correct for the wine industry. Just as there are multiple clones of the same grape variety, there are multiple kinds of the same virus. Like there's multiple kinds of yes. roll. Yes. And have you found that certain grape varieties have been more prone to virus than others? Are there some that have been remarkably clean and some uh, that have been very virused? Good question. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we have found that uh, in some varieties, like a Yorgitico, today all the vines that we have is 100% uh, infected. All of it's All, all of it's it. All of it's all infected. Of it. There's no any... Even one uh, plant that is uh, not infected. So 100.01 of uh, the plant in uh, our region is infected. So uh, this is the interesting for us. This is why we believe that uh, Agiorgitico can be still more far in quality. Because uh, when we will clean it, which we did it already, we will wait uh, the new result that be much better in color and aroma. And uh, I am very passionate on this. I, I wait uh, the day to taste the first wine from the clean material of Ayurvedic. Agiurtico is, is fairly common. As you mentioned, it's one of the most popular grape varieties to grow inside of Greece. But are there grape varieties that you've come across that are very uncommon, where there's only been a handful of examples? Believe me, there are every day we discover uh, new varieties. The last year we have started to make also some wine from uh, some varieties like that, like Mavrostifo. Uh, nobody knows this variety, even in Greece, uh, even the agronomist. Nobody knows. We just found this variety in the vineyard. 
we discover that is something different. We make all the DNA analysis. We cannot find something similar. We found, of course, the name we didn't give. Uh, we don't. Uh, we didn't give me a we to the material. We just go back to the bibliography in the Asian, uh, in the old uh, books in Greece, and we just found that it's described, but it was uh, almost disappeared. So we found some plants, and uh, today we try to multiply it and give the wine to the wine industry and to taste it and to understand that it's a good variety, promising variety, maybe can give us something different in the taste of uh, the principal varieties that we have. So you found varieties that have basically become near extinct, very rare, and then you've cleaned them and you've propagated them, and then you've gone ahead and made some wine for them, but for the industry to try. Yes. So they can get a sense of whether they're interested in working with that grape variety. Yeah. Uh, this is the, the, the target. This is what uh, we like to do, and this is our job, to show and to give to the industry new new ideas, new material, uh, new product. And uh, the one industry give this product to the market. It's a processor that takes time. You have to be with a lot of passion. But uh, it's our job, and uh, we love it. It's uh, You know, it, you have uh, something I know to, to work. It's always, for me, something very interesting. Because you don't know the result. Every day you walk uh, without uh, to have uh, a road, uh, without to have a skeleton where it's going to be the result. So it's uh, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. For example, uh, we were in uh, the region of Madinia. Uh, Madinia is the region where uh, we make Moscow filler. Okay, so. We were there to a searching clone for Moscofilero. It's a very genetical uh, variety, a lot of clones, different clones. It's very interesting variety. And uh, as we were there, we just found one plant of Malvasia. And we know that Malvasia today is uh, in, in Italy. So we just found a plant of Malvasia. But the interesting it, it is that this plant, it was more than 200 years old. So we don't know if Malvasia is really Italian or maybe it's a Greek that disappeared from Greece. We don't know. Maybe it's a material that came from Italy, maybe not. We don't know. So every day we discover things like that. What's the oldest grape variety that you've discovered? There's no answer. You cannot say uh, there's, there's no... The history, is, uh, the variety is not written in the history. So... When you say the oldest variety, all the varieties old. Okay, so Agiorgitko, for example, is mentioned from uh, the last 2,300 years. There, uh, there's uh, in the in the region of Romania there are vineyards which produce red wine. Okay, there's no mention of the variety Agiorgitko, but we suppose that uh, probably it was this variety. The same happened with uh, Athiri, another white variety of the Sea of Aegeo. So. For us, all of these varieties, old varieties. Uh, the thing is that uh, we found some uh, varieties, some vines, in which we don't know nothing. This is the interesting for the future. We don't know 
even the name, we don't uh, know the material, we don't know the DNA, we cannot recognize anything. So we have just to keep in the collection a little by little work on this and see if there is any interesting and if there is any interesting for the wine industry after to look for any information and if we cannot find anything we will see so you can't tell from the dna how old it is you can't like there's not like a test you can do no no i think that i'm not specialized on it but i think there's a different analysis with the carbon that can show you this uh, but with the DNA analysis, no, we just uh, recognize the variety. When a grape variety doesn't have a name, how does it go about getting referred to? Do people make up a name for it? Unfortunately, you don't know how to, what to do. This is a big problem. Okay, uh, this is uh, something that uh, has happened to us also, and uh, you have to search a lot in the bibliography. To look uh, all the information, you know, in uh, in old old uh, books, if there is any mention, if there is somebody who mentioned that, even a song, we have some example like that, even a song who mentioned uh, a variety in, in a village, in a small island. We you imagine that is probably is this the variety that you find it. So you have to look around, not in uh, directly in the viticulture, because you know. Before 300 years or 200 years in Greece, there's no any scientific viticulture. So you have to look around to all the social uh, things, all the descriptor, all the all the books that exist at this period, and uh, to look any information. And if you are lucky, you will find something. If you are not lucky, uh, I don't know what to do. I don't know how we are going to react. We are still at the hope that we will find information. Have you found grape varieties where it's referred to by a different name in different areas? Yes, we have found a lot. Some of them is uh, all Greek varieties. Some of them is uh, Italian or French varieties, which is mentioned with a different name in Greece. Some of them is Turkish variety, which is... Uh, mentioned with a Greek name or the Turkish mentioned with a uh, Greek name. So there's always a, a blend or a mixed varieties in Balkan. In north part of Greece, there's a mix with the Bulgarian varieties or Firum varieties or the east part of Greece, there's a mix sometimes with Turkish varieties. So always there's a mixed. But the interesting is that we have some common varieties. We have found two, three varieties that is common. We cultivate it. The Turkish people, they cultivate it. And uh, we have to look also at our neighbor's vineyard. This is interesting. And, uh, this is the next step we plan to do. Have you found family groups? Like, are there a certain style of Greek red wines, uh, red wine grapes? Or are there a certain style of Greek white wine grapes? Are there characteristics that families share between different varieties? There's uh, some characteristics that uh, mention the Greek varieties, especially the white varieties. Yeah, this is the, the, the body, the body that comes in the wines. This is something that came from the skin. The skin in uh, the most of the Greek varieties is, is thick, and uh, this gives us uh, the good concentration in the mouth. This is something that 
characterize the Greek varieties. Is uh, I don't know why. Uh, I suppose I'm not a genetist, but uh, I suppose that this is came from uh, the year and the year because of the high temperature that we have in Greece, and uh, this is the reaction of the varieties to the sun. Because if you have uh, a skin uh, thick, uh, thicker, uh, you will have a better resistance to the desiderization, evapotranspiration. Okay, so the, if you have a thick uh, skin, uh, the berry don't lose easy water. So it's a, a mechanism of protection of the varieties from the high temperature. So this is a characteristic that We can say that uh, the most of the Greek white varieties have it. And uh, another thing is that uh, the most of them, they are very resistant to drought. To drought. They're drought, resistant yes. to drought. Yes. This is uh, the second most important characteristic. And this characteristic, because of this characteristic, today there's a big interest in for all over the world for the Greek varieties. A lot of people, they are coming to see, to, to look our varieties, our wine, to see how it's going with the clones from Australia, from South Africa, from Chile, from uh, California. They are, they are interesting varieties which is uh, resistant to the drought. Because in areas that are perhaps already warm that are getting warmer, it might make sense for some of these people to look forward to changing climate and thinking about yes. more drought-resistant varieties. I think uh, that The big companies and uh, all the wine industry in uh, hot region like South Australia or like California, they have to look and they are looking already in Mediterranean uh, region and especially in Greece because uh, they can found varieties that they can uh, give good results, economical, uh, they cult uh, cultivate uh, with uh, less uh, money because they are more resistant uh, to the high temperature and uh, the wine could be better. So there's an uh, interesting, there's an interesting and uh, every day is more uh, powerful. So this is what our job answer because, you know, for with the certification that we are going to, to give to the varieties, we open the door to travel the varieties and the material all over the world. This is the, the thing that we're doing and uh, is uh, the important thing that uh, our company give to the Greek varieties. So are there licenses and procedures you have to follow through to make sure that you can sell worldwide? Of course. Yes, there are, uh, there's, uh, different, there are different procedures and This is the reason that uh, all of this work we are doing with the uh, National Institute in France and TAV. And uh, we are going to do it together and uh, we are going to commercialize all the licenses together. When you find a rare grape variety, do you usually find a couple examples of it in the same vineyard? Like you go to a vineyard and there's a row of this kind of wine or a bunch of those kind of vines? Or is it that you find a vine that's unique in a vineyard and then that same vine somewhere far away? Both. Both. There are uh, examples that we found just one, two vine, and some other vines some kilometer away. Uh, there are examples that we just find some uh, plants in the same uh, terroir. So there are uh, all the possibilities. The problem that we have sometimes is that you 
you find uh, some vines and uh, you don't know what it is. So the old guy that probably usually usually cultivate this vineyard, he say to you, okay, this is uh, the variety X. Okay, you mark it, you notice. And after one, two years, you find the same vine in another region and you find another old guy that he say, okay, this vine, the name is the uh, X or this uh, the name is A. So if you don't have any database, there you are blocked. You don't know what to do. Okay, this is the problem sometimes. And uh, this problem we didn't solve yet. Uh, we don't know how to react. So we just continue to work and hoping to find two or three different sources that say the same thing. So then you say, okay, if you have three sources that say is A and one source that is say X, okay, you believe the three sources. You cannot do anything else. So in a way, a large part of it is still verbal tradition that's handed yes. down. Yes, this is... Uh, this is a problem, but uh, this is the interesting also. So, and it must call for a, a lot of traveling throughout Greece and a lot of surveying and inspecting of different diverse vineyards. Yeah, this is uh, the interesting. So we have a, I have some uh, friends that sometimes they came with me so just to see the the region. So why not? Uh, if you want uh, one day just for a week. Come in Greece, and we are going to travel around Greece. It's going to be a very interesting trip for you also to to see all of these different old vineyards that exist all over in Greece. So, are there grape varieties that you found and then vinified that weren't known very well before that you're very excited about? Yes, there are, and we believe that, for example, there's a variety that the name is uh, Limiona. Probably you didn't taste yet. It's a red variety. It, in fact, we didn't found uh, our company. It's uh, the National Institute in Greece that they found it just uh, 20 years ago. But they would not be they would be able to understand the potential. So we took it the material just uh, 10 years before, and we start to make some experiment, and uh, we we saw that. This variety is uh, it is very interesting. So we start to multiply to give it the market, and today there are a lot of winery that they produce this variety, and I think that there are some that they make export also in USA. For example, this is a and this is a very resistant variety to drop. The last two years we had just found some other varieties. Two of them is the Mavrostifo and Mavrothilico. It's also red varieties. They are very rare varieties. There are just some few plants in uh, in Greece. Uh, from Mav- Mavrothilico, I don't think so that there are more than two hectares today after five years that we found it. And from Mavrothilico, there are just 0.6 hectares. So there are very rare varieties. Okay, but I so less than a hectare. Less than a hectare. So yes. it's a, it, 0.6 hectares is about one acre of vines yeah, in yeah. the world, basically. Yeah. In, in the world, yeah. But I, I believe them. I believe them because they, both of them, they are very good. They have very good color. They are internal aroma, fruit, red fruit, black fruit. They give you found uh, that the body is, uh, the concentration in the mouth is good. The soft tannin, good tannin. So why not? 
And what are some of the more well-known grape varieties like Aguiartico or Zinomavro? Where what are the characteristics of those grape varieties? If you were to talk about them, what should I know about them as a consumer? The Aguiartico, I think, is the variety that answer today to the consumer that they want to drink something easy, drinkable. Aguiartico is a variety that has a lot of fruit. Aguiartico is a variety that also can give a, a Van de Garde. Uh, wine that can keep minimum 10 years in the bottle. Agurgico, the, the, the big advantage of Agurgico is the tannin. The tannin is very soft and uh, it gives you wine of elegance, not very strong wine like uh, Syrah or like Cabernet Sauvignon. So Agurgico can give the answer to all the wine bar, to the restaurant for the young people that they start now to drink wine. Uh, I can give the answer also to the people, the old people that they like to drink uh, old wine, but elegant wine. On the other hand, Xinomavro is a more complex variety because it needs times. It's a variety with a lot of tannin. Uh, it's a variety with uh, not very common aroma. He has a lot of fruit, but also at the same time, gives aroma of tomatoes, of olive, aroma quite strange sometimes for the consumer. So Xenomavro answer and at the people that they like to drink Barolo, they like to drink Nebbiolo, they like to drink Pinot Noir. So is Xenomavro answer to the consumer that they have the same philosophy and they like to drink the same wines like Pinot Noir and Nebbiolo. Xenomavro, of course, has a big potential for to make an old wine a good wine because of the very high co- concentration of the tannin and uh, the very high acidity. So there are the two most important Greek varieties today. And every day I feel that, not every day, but every three to five years, our wine is much, much better because uh, new people, they start to work on these varieties in the vineyard, in the winery. So if somebody follow the evaluation of this variety, he would be able to notice the better wines that came the last five years. So even though it's one of the most ancient wine areas in the world, it's still a developing process in the current day. Yeah, that's true. But unfortunately, we are a nascent country with, uh, with very old uh, roots in the in the wine and the grape, but because of the reason of the social reason, because of the reason of the situation of the country, the last six centuries, because of the guerre, because of the war, sorry. I Sometimes I say some French word, sorry. Uh, so uh, the wine industry in Greece and the tradition is there is just for 40 years. So we are an old country with very new philosophy, with I am just the second generation. So we are just new. Everybody. So we have to do a lot of work. And what would be the major grape varieties that are white? What should I know about the characteristics of some of the most well thought of white grape varieties from Greece? Uh, without a doubt, Asirtiko. Asirtiko is uh, the most famous, the most popular variety today in Greece. And uh, I think Asirtiko is going to be very soon, in 
one of the most known varieties all, all over the world. Asirtko is uh, the variety that give today wines that uh, can answer to any demanding of the consumer. Uh, fruit wines, wines of terroir, wines of the that uh, give all the terroir in the in the glass. Asirtko is the variety that can uh, have very big resistance to the drought. So I think Asirtko, I believe Asirtko, I feel it that is going to have a very big uh, future in the wine industry all over the world. You see interest from other countries? Yes, already. Asitko has uh, planted in Australia just uh, before five years, and there's a big interest in, uh, from all, a lot of countries, even here in California. And I think that uh, already they have done some experiment in uh, UC Davis with Asitko. Asitko is the variety that can ha- with Asitko, you can have the answer to the high temperature during the summer. The high temperatures. Yeah, the high temperature. Yeah, so you can make a high acid wine in high temperatures, yes. basically, which is what happens in Santorini. Yeah. Because it's warm there and it doesn't rain. It, it's warm, but uh, because of the Asitko, the, the wines, they have very high acidity. Sometimes they, uh, some winery, they have problem with the high acidity. So it's the variety of the future, I think. We believe the, on this variety, and uh, there's no any people that they say that this variety is not going to make a career. And it seems to be terroir reflective. It seems to show where it's grown. Uh, the interesting with this variety is that, uh, as we say in Greece, is a plastic variety. What I mean with plastic variety, Asitko is a variety that uh, react to every terroir and give you good result to all the terroir. Of course. It's different wines all the times, but the wine is good. This is the important. Asitko can give you good wine in different terroir. So it's a plastic variety. It can uh, react to every terroir. It can give you always good result. And this is the important for everybody. And are there other white grape varieties that will come to mind to you as very important? I think that Moscofilero is uh, the second most important qualitative uh, variety that we have in Greece. Moscofero is uh, like the Pinot Noir. It's a Greek variety. It's an aromatic variety. With Moscofero, my generation started to drink wine the last 10 years. Okay? The Moscofero create new consumer in Greece. So, yes, there's a future also in this variety. It's a very interesting variety and uh, it's a variety that helps also a lot of women to start to drink wine. And why do you think that is? A little fruitier? Or? Yeah, there's a, a lot of fruit, a lot of rose, a lot of white fruit and light acidity, but a very market, and uh, a lot of elegance. So, of course, there's, a, there's not a lot of body, like an acetico, but the elegance and the fruit that gives you the acetico uh, give you a wine very drinkable. And what should I know about the different regions of Greece? What are some of the major regions and what are their characteristics? The main region in Greece basically are four. The, the region of Nemea, where we cultivate Agiorgitico. The region of Santorini, where we cultivate Asitico. After the north part of Greece, because these two regions is south part of Greece, there are four regions where we cultivate Xinomavro. Now it's a 
Amido Rapsani Igumenza. And after there is uh, Mandinia, where we cultivate Moscophilia. The, the advantage of Greece is the terroir. Uh, a lot of people, they believe that uh, Greece is a very hot country, very dry country, with a very high temperature and uh, not a lot of rain. It's not like that. Greece is, a, of course, a Mediterranean country, but Greece has a lot of rain, more rain than a lot of other regions uh, where uh, today they cultivate vineyard. And uh, Greece is uh, infected very often from the air that coming from the north, from the air that coming from the sea. So uh, it's very complex, the climate in Greece. And at the same time, you, you have to th- know that in Greece we have a lot of mountains. Okay, we are not desert. So uh, this combination of the sea and the mountains and the different topography every time, it gives us the advantage to have a very complex terroir. And if you uh, we don't have to forget the mosaic of the soil. In Greece, every 100 meters, we have different type of soil. This is what makes our wines very complex. Coastal regions tempered by the sea, high elevation vineyards that are cooler as a result of being at higher altitude, and vast divergence of different soil types. Yeah, and all of these uh, give this uh, complexity. Uh, all of these give us the advantage to make wine of terroir. I think that in Greece we produce wine of terroir. And the problem sometimes that we have is that we have a lot of different soils, so it's very difficult, the work of the agronomist. But at the same time, it's uh, very interesting because the result always is more complex. So you're not sure if it's the soil that's speaking or the vine that's speaking when you see a difference between one and another sometimes? Yeah, you uh, are not sure, but uh, always there's a combination of the terroir and the vine. And I think that the terroir uh, in Greece is special and most of the time speaks the terroir because uh, the varieties are adapted there. The varieties are adapted to the soil, to the climate, and the Torah is just the thing that makes the work today. So how would you define success on your own terms? What's going to make you feel fulfilled in what seems to be like a project that's going to be for the rest of your life? You started on a journey. What are your ultimate goals? I think that it's not easy to say that because I am still quite young. I'm just 35 years old. But I think that my journey is going to be successful when I will find a lot of different terroir outside of Greece to plant the Greek varieties and to give to the people the opportunity to learn the Greek varieties outside of Greece. I know it's difficult. I know that takes time, uh, but uh, this is the target. It was a, a guy just uh, six years before that visited me from uh, Chile. He would like to see the varieties. Okay, He would like to see our potential in the varieties because they were interested to import the varieties in Chile. So after uh, three days of tasting, three days of visiting the vineyard, three days of discussion, he said to me, I'm, I'm, it's impossible to forget, uh, he said to me, okay, Costas, 
I believe that your varieties are interesting. I believe that we have a future and we are interested to import these varieties, but can we buy your terroir? We'd like to buy your soil. So, yes, the soil in Greece is very unique, but I'm sure that there are a lot of soil outside of Greece that can be able to adapt to the Greek varieties and give an excellent result. Kostas Bakasietis of the Bakasietis Vine Nursery in Nemea. Thank you very much for being here today. Thank you very much for the invitation. Kostas Bakasietis. All Drink to That is hosted and produced by myself, Levy Dalton. Aaron Scala has contributed original pieces. Editorial assistance has been provided by Bill Kimsey. The show music was performed and composed by Rob Moose and Thomas Bartlett. Show artwork by Alicia Tanoyan. T-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, and so much more, including show stickers, notebooks, and even gift wrap are available for sale if you check the show website, alldrinktothatpod.com. That's I-L-L-drinktothatpod.com, which is the same place you'd go to sign up for our email list or to make one of the crucially important donations that help keep this show operating. You can donate from anywhere using PayPal or Stripe on the show website. Remember to hit subscribe or to follow this show in your favorite podcast app, please. That's super important to see every episode. And thank you for listening.